Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise his name. Who's glad to be in his house today? Let's give him a praise right now. Today, Brother Toby gave us some, some thought-provoking thought there with that word. And today, we're talking about the unmoved, unmoved by God's word. If you will, turn with me to Jeremiah 36 and verse 21. I'm going to read a couple verses. Today, as a, you turn in there, <laughs> I told my wife, I said, oh, there's some names in this text today. It's Bible, biblical names that's hard to pronounce. <laughs> so if, uh, if I pronounce them wrong, just know that I'm doing my best. <laughs> I've listened to them and listened to them and all that, but I just wanted to give you that disclaimer today because uh, I'm standing here holding the mic, and some of you probably think the same thing when you read it yourself. And, and so today I just wanted to throw that disclaimer out there because I'm going to pronounce them as best as I can. But that point of it is, is the Word of God is Today in Jeremiah 36, verse 21. So the king sent Jehuda to fetch the roll, and he took it out of Elishama, the scribe's chamber, and Judah read it to the ears of the king and the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth, which is a fireplace, if in our terms, just put it closer to a fire, something like a fireplace, burning before him. And it came to pass when, then when Jehuda had read three or, three or four leaves, he cut it with the penknife and cast it into the fire. That was on the, the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not afraid nor rent their garments neither the king nor any of his servants that heard these words. Today, you may be seated today. We're going to talk about today, as Brother Toby's already said, the, being unmoved by God's word. Today, I just want to tell you, God expects us to heed and to obey his word. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, over 100 years ago, William Ramsay, a young English scholar, went to, the, to Asia Minor, with the purpose of proving that the history given by Luke in the Gospels was inadequate. He went there to the Middle East. He went there to prove the Bible wrong. Ramsay's professors had confidently said that Luke could not be right. And he, was, he went there to prove this thing. Ramsay began to dig in the ancient ruins of Greece in the Asian Minor testing for ancient terms, boundaries, and other items that would be a dead giveaway if a writer had been inventing this history or had been making this up. 
in a later date as he, instead of what he claimed was from God. To his amazement, Ramsay found that the New Testament scriptures was adequate in the, to the smallest detail. It was so convincing what he found, was so convincing that he was, the evidence was so convincing that Ramsay himself became a Christian and a great Bible, Bible scholar. He went there to disprove this word of God. He went there to, to say, you know, show, show that it was wrong, that it could not be right. But what he found in these ancient ruins, what he found in these ancient ruins was so convincing that he became a Christian. And then he began writing books that are classic today, that, are, that, are, that confirms the New Testament the scripture. And so today, sometimes, you know, the world, for over 2,000 years, people have been trying to prove this word of God wrong. There's men and women today, probably today, trying to, trying to prove this word is not right. But they've been doing it, trying for 2,000, over 2,000 years to prove it wrong, to find evidence and to prove it. But, but God, this word is still true. This word, every time they, they search, every time they look for things, this word is confirmed over and over and over. So we go back to the scripture I read today. God had told Jeremiah to write his words in a scroll. This incident reinforces the biblical witness to be the inspire, inspiration of, of scripture. When we think of this subject, when we think about the inspired word of God, the first thing for scripture, a lot of times we think about is 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. It says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. That's what this word of God is for. It's not just for, for us to read. You know, it's not for us just to get a license as Brother Toby talked about. We get in this word for, for doctrine, for reproof, even for correction. Anybody here besides me that needs correction every now and then? Well, I come up short so many times in my life. And when I get in the word of God, I find where I've, I see where I've done wrong and I see the influence in my life and this correction and the instructions of how to live. If you want to know how to live, and I don't want to get ahead of myself today, but if you want to know how to live, look here. Line our life up beside this. Don't matter what the world is doing, what the world says to do, what Hollywood says to do. If we align our life with this, that's what God says right. In times of my life when our daughter was younger, she would ask, she says, Dad, how do you know we're right? How do you know we're saved? Or how do you know we're going to make it to heaven? And, and she would ask them questions. And I said, baby, all I can tell you is line your life up with this. What this scripture says do, if you align your life with that, everything and what God leads you and directs you in, the word of God won't let you go wrong. The words, words translated in the scripture I read in 1st 2 Timothy says, by inspiration of God. This literally means God breathed. This means God spoke these words. His word, it wasn't just, you know, men maybe wrote them on paper, but they came from God. This is a key text in establishing the authority of the scripture. When we read this scripture, it gives us authority to this scripture. It doesn't, it's not just words on a page. This is different than the Webster book dictionary or this is different than any other book because this has authority because it's God's word. It's not just words that, 
to, to, to get a license. It's not words just to, to make, more, make us smarter or more knowledge. This word has is, is got authority from God. For this reason, it includes, it is included in the Articles of Faith for the United Pentecostal Church International. In the Articles of Faith, the organization put this in there and it says, we believe the Bible to be inspired of God, the infallible word of God. And it has this scripture in our, in our, in our Articles of Faith before, about in our, from our own organization. They believe this so strong that this word is, has power. This word will direct us. This word will teach us. This word will teach us how to grow churches. This word will teach us these things. We can't do anything else by programs that are nice and good, but we got to align everything to this word. This word of God. The Bible is the only God-given authority humanity possesses. Therefore, all doctrine, faith, hope, and instruction for the church must be not maybe, maybe, or just part of the time. It must be based upon and harmonized with the Bible. You know, we can't, we can't allow what we do every day. As I said, I've already said this one time tonight. You know, we can't, we got to allow the, the scripture to, to direct us, lead us, give us instruction. And if our life don't harmonize with the word of God, that's a good, good possibility we're, we're going in the wrong direction. And you ask, you know, how, what do I need to do? Is that like, my, like Jericho used to ask, what do I need to do to be right? Just harmonize with this. If your life lines up with the Bible, you will be in the right direction. The Bible is to be read and to be studied by all people. You know, it's not for just for the speaker, for the man to stand behind the pulpit with a mic, read the scripture and share it. That is powerful word. We come, and we come to hear the word of God being preached and we encourage that because you need that. But this is not just for the ministry or just for anyone else. Everybody needs to read the word of God. And also, we don't just need to read it. You know, we read our Bible as me and my wife, we have a, a, at our home every night, we sit down and we do the bread program together. And, we, and I'm not just saying that, I'm just trying to, but, but we read that word. But that's just reading the word like a book sometimes. Sometimes we stop and we study something out. But, but a lot of times when we just read in our bread program, we're just reading. But we need to study this word. We need to put this word more than just take it off of a, read through it. Just well, I've, I made it, I've, and we've, we have in many years, and I'm just trying to say that just bragging. But we have read through the Bible many, many times. Because every year we do the bread program. And we read through it. We read through it. But there's times we need to study the word. We need to take it to another level. We need to, we need to take the scripture and just say, I'm going to take this scripture and I'm going to break it down into what, what it really needs and leads for my life. 1 John 2 and 27 says, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you, of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. This is not to, and I just want to bring this, this disclaimer, this is not to discredit the need for a teacher in our life. The scripture says you don't need a teacher, but it's not to discredit the teacher. 
What this scripture is meaning is we need to get into it for ourselves. And I know I've been already on that today, but I just feel like I want to underline that. We just need to study it for ourselves. You know, because I'm not going, you know, in my life, and, I, and I, I trust Brother Boyd, and I know he preaches truth every day, but I'm not just going to take it that he's preaching me truth. And I trust him, and I'm not trying to discredit him any way bit, but we need to study it for ourselves because sometimes God shows us something that we need for us. That Yeah, he may preach it to the congregation. He may preach the word of God, but we may need it to an, on our level. We may need something for what situation I'm dealing with, what the temptation is going in my life. And so God can't show that sometimes from a, just from a message being preached or he can't just show that from a Sunday school class being taught. Sometimes we've got to, to, to break it down and let God lead us and direct us because every one of us in here is different. We all deal with different things. What, 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 what the temptations in my life may not affect nobody else. And what affects Brother Jerry may not affect me. But So that's why God, we gotta study it for ourselves. That's one of the reasons we need to study it for ourselves because God can show us how to deal with this situation individually because his individual relationship with him. We're not just a, we don't just come here to gather here to worship God. We don't just come here to learn about God. We need to be studying God every day in our homes. We need to be studying and allowing God have that personal relationship with God. We're not like some religions that just have to, and, and even back in the Old Testament, had to depend on the priest to, to ask for forgiveness for our sins or we had to go to the priest once a year. So that we need to have a relationship with God every day and in that God, where God can speak to us. And I know Brother Boyd has said this a lot of times talking about prayer. Sometimes in prayer, we pray, and, and I do this myself. I, I'm, I'm the world's worst at this. I pray sometimes at night because I've worked all day and I come home and I'm praying. And sometimes I feel like I'm just throwing out my list. I hit my prodigal list. I hit this and I pray for God, touch this, touch this. And before, you know, and I'm, not, and I'm just being honest today. But sometimes, you know, after I've prayed for all my prodigals and all this, you know, that, that, that old spirit of sleepiness comes on. And, and I, sometimes I, I get up and go to bed and I don't allow God to speak back. And we need that, that relationship. We need that up and flow where God can speak to us. His words is not just written word. His word, and today I'm just talking about today, his word is, is how he, what he inspires in us. It may not be written in this Bible what he needs to give us some days. But God can give us that if we have that relationship with him. No prophecy of the scripture is, for, is of any private interpretation. Second Peter 1 and 21 says, For the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved, upon, moved by the Holy Ghost. Today, you know, this, this word of God, is, you know, it was written by the hands of man. They written it on the paper. But God inspired that word. That word is inspired. You know, if we look at this word, if, we, if this word wasn't inspired by God, over 2,000 years of people trying to discredit this word of God, they would have been able to discredit this word of God. If, if in 2,000 years, if it wasn't the word of God, you would have saw, and, I, and I've read this before in studying on this, sometimes in life we find ourselves, you know, if this word of God wasn't right, if this was just man writing this word, 
If this was just words that the, 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 the writers of the gospel, you know, if they, if they just wrote these words, you know, they were in flesh just like me and you. They were flesh. And sometimes, you know, if this word is, and they proclaim this was the word of God, and if they and, and I get ahead of myself again, but I, I just want to feel like, you know, sometimes if this word is the word of God or it's not the word of God, there's no in between. And so if these men written this scripture wasn't being inspired by God, they would have put some of their own interpretation in this. They would have put their, what they thought should happen. If this wasn't truly the inspired word of God, flesh, their flesh would have showed in the scripture. And can I, and I can tell you today, this word from the very first page to the very last page of this Bible harmonizes together. And if you got this many writers, this many people, this, this much flesh, put it that way, put it that this much flesh, they will, it would not harmonize. The only way this word can harmonize is it is the word of God. From not the very, from the point when it says God said and to the very last amen in the end of the Bible. This word of God is not just part of it, it's God's word. It's not just the New Testament. It is from the very first word in the Bible into the very last word in the Bible. It's God's word. God sought to bring Judah, and it's back to the scripture I read it, God sought to bring Judah or the people of Judah, to a place of repentance. Jehoiakim was the second son of Josiah who had led Judah to repentance. Talking about Josiah, led Judah to repentance upon the discovery of the books of the law in the house of the Lord. Under Josiah's leadership, the people had committed to keeping the Lord's commandments and testimonies and his statutes with all their heart and all their soul to perform the works of this covenant that was written in the book. Here Josiah, he, 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 he realized this was the word of God. He turned the nation to repentance. The whole nation repented. They all, they all, they all turned their life towards him. Josiah's spiritual guidance was so remarkable that scripture records in 2 Kings 23 and 25, says, and like unto him was there no other king before him that turned to the Lord with all their, his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, neither after him arose there any like him. And when you throw this scripture in there, this, this Josiah must have been a mighty faithful man. His life was, because here it says there's no king before him or no king after him that was like him. Can I tell you, Josiah was a real a real spiritual leader. He led the people of Judah in the right direction. But upon Josiah's death, the people of Judah made Josiah's son, Jehoiakim, king in his place. His firstborn son became the king. He, this, this son was not like his dad. This son didn't, didn't believe the same thing as his dad. He didn't get the family tradition like his Josiah. This was a big mistake for the children of Judah. Jehoshaphat began his rule when he was 23 years old and he only reigned for three months. Reversing his father's decisions in them three months, he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord according to all his fathers had done. Here in just only three months, he had 
wiped away everything that his father had done. Here the scripture talks about his father was the greatest spiritual leader in the history before or after him. In just three months, he, he erased everything. So that's important about who you listen to. It is important about who becomes your leader and guider. It don't take long to take away everything that's in your life. That is important to be the, the, the stay connected to a, a man of God that has your best outlook and in, in, in his vision and looking out for you because it doesn't take long following the wrong person. Following the wrong person in the wrong direction. Jehezekiah came on the scene after his brother was imprisoned. He was installed as the king by Pharaoh. It is, a, it is regrettable that Jehoiakim had apparently learned nothing from his father's godliness. He didn't learn nothing from his father's godliness or he didn't learn nothing from his brother's ungodliness because he followed in his brother's footsteps. Here he had the opportunity. Here he seen what living evil ways would do for you. His brother didn't last but three months. Now here he is going to carry this little torch that much further in the wrong direction. And all he had to do was look at dad. Dad was going in the right direction. But here he is following his brother's footsteps. Josiah had listened carefully to the reading of the scriptures and he repented and a nation repented. That is important about a leader when you see the leaders leading in the right direction. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a preacher. As Brother Boyce says, the whole congregation can lead. You're leading someone. As a father, a mother, a brother. Here a brother led his own brother astray. And so sometimes in life, we're leading some way. We're leading someone in some direction. doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. If you're married, you're single, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're leading someone in the right or wrong direction. And today I feel us, we, we urge us, we need to be leading, leading people to the truth and, and be, let this word of God change us and let it change our life. That's how Josiah, he, he allowed the word to change him and then it changed the nation. He repented and then the nation repented. So whoever, whoever's watching you today, Whoever's watching you today, they're going to follow you. They're going to follow your direction. They're going to follow your lead and say to whoever he's looking up to. Also, this younger brother obviously was looking up to his older brother instead of his father. His older brother became his leader and he led him in the wrong direction. But as I scripted, Josiah, he had listened carefully and he read the scriptures and he repented, but his sons did, didn't want nothing to do with it. Jehoiakim, the second brother, had no use for the law of the Lord. He did, he did which was evil also in the sight of the Lord. Jehoiakim, if Jehoiakim had a followed the example of his father rather than his brother, his fate would have no doubt been a di quite different. And here we'll talk about a few minutes what his fate became. What happened in his life? During his fourth year of his 11-year reign over Judah, 
Jeremiah heard from the Lord. That's where we picked up in the text where we read today. The instructions that Jeremiah was given by God wasn't, wasn't just, they weren't blurry or they wasn't just fake. These instructions was clear cut. It was straightforward to what he should do. Jeremiah was to write in a scroll everything that Lord had said to him against Israel, against Judah, and all the other nations. It, is not, it was not to be selective. He didn't just say, well, do this if, if you want to. This was the word of God. This was, this was true. He, was saying, he wasn't saying, well, this is just some, just some encouraging words to do. If you do this, you know, this will happen. What he was saying is, is this is the law. This is what you better do. And that's the word of God today. This, this word of God is not, we can't just take it and say, well, I like this part, I'll just keep it. I'll, I'll do this. I'll, I'll, I'll adhere to this. We gotta go. We gotta take it all, and that's what the word of God. That's what the word of Jeremiah was telling them. He wouldn't just select it. They couldn't just take part of it and leave part of it. Jeremiah would write all the Lord had to say to him from Josiah's time into the day of this command. The project purpose was to bring Judah or the people of Judah back to the place of repentance. Back to the place where Josiah, when Josiah was the king. He was wanting to bring them back. Can I tell you today, it was a warning. You're going in the wrong direction. Sometimes in life we find ourselves, you know, we're going in that wrong direction. And God's going to give us them. As, as, we was, as Sister Chelsea was talking about Wednesday night about the, the, the GPS thing in your car. It says you need to make a U-turn. God is always... God is always, when we start going in the wrong way, if we'll pay attention, if we'll pay attention, God's words will give, say, hey, you need to make a U-turn. You need to make a U-turn up here at this next light. You need to make a new turn at this next intersection. And so God's word is there for that. When we start drifting in the wrong direction, there's that voice. It may not be that woman's voice that we hear on that thing or it may not be whatever, but it's that voice of God. It may not be as clear as that voice. But sometimes we need to hear, listen for that. Everything we do every day because God is going to say, hey, you need to come back this way. And that's what, that's what God was doing through Jeremiah. He was saying, hey, y'all going the wrong way. You need to make a U-turn and come back. Jeremiah in 36 and 3 says, the Lord said, it may be that the house of Judah will hear all the adversities which I purpose, in, purpose to bring upon unto you them that everyone may turn from their, his evil ways, that I may forgive their iniquities and their sin. Here God was one of, he wanted to forgive their sins. He didn't matter what they had done. Can I tell somebody today that God is constantly, constantly trying to bring us back to forgiveness. I can tell you, I backslid as a teenager. And God, everywhere I went, as far as I ever got away from God going in the wrong direction, God was always trying to bring me back. He was always saying, hey, they would, they would things in situations I'd be in and people would be talking in conversation and something would happen that would change me. Something would say, hey, you're going the wrong way and come back. And so it doesn't matter. So God is always, you're not gonna get away from God. Your kids, when you pray your kids and we dedicate kids and we're gonna do that today, it doesn't matter how far they get away, they're still under the umbrella 
that God is going to pull for them. The Lord has attempted through many, many royal administrations to bring Israel and Judah to a place of repentance and spiritual restoration. He constantly was trying to bring his people back. Throughout the whole Old Testament, we look at him. The people would do good for a little while and they would drift away. And God would have to do something to try to bring them back. He would do things in their life. He would speak to them through, through people like Moses and through all the prophets. I mean, you look at through the Bible, you, uh, through the whole Bible, we find where God was constantly trying to rein us back in. And he's doing that today. Today, he is reaching for us. He's reaching for you today. Today, if you're not where you're with God, God is reaching you. That un, unfamiliar feeling you may feel, and that feeling in your life today, that God is the uncomfortable feeling. Maybe that God's trying to direct you. He's trying to speak to you. Speak to you through people in your life to bring you back to him. There were moments of hope as with Josiah. But spiritual recovery was just temporary. You know, here we see with Josiah, and I just spoke about that just a second. We see Josiah, here he was, the people had a, they had repented. They was doing good. And they were was recovering. They was gaining ground back with God. But sometimes that becomes temporary. And if we're not careful, if we don't heed to the word of God or hear to the spoken word of God, sometimes in life we'll find ourselves just like these people. We'll do good for a little while. And we'll allow the, the, the world or the enemy to distract us and pull us away. And we'll be back right where we started out if we're not careful. Still the Lord yearned for a reason to extend forgiveness. Today, he, he, he is not, and he is going to be one day, he's going to be a stand as a judgment. He is going to stand on judgment and that's going to be, it's going to be over and done. But today, until that day comes, he is yearning. He wants you. He is wanting you to turn your life back to God. He's looking, he looked for reasons for them. He tried to influence them. He tried to give them words. And today, he's still doing that today. He is reaching for the lost. He's reaching for the, the, the prodigals. He's reaching for everyone in life that he's earning earns for, for them to come back to him. Re, and rebuild that, 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 rebuild that, that relationship with him. As we read biblical history, we discover the times of long prophesied judgment that was now closing in. When you read through the prophets of Jeremiah, we see that there was a judgment coming. And just like today, there's going to be a judgment coming. And it's closing in, just like on this, on the Bible story I'm reading today. The judgment is closing in on the people of Judah, just as it is today on this generation. Jeremiah told Barak every word that the Lord had said to him against Israel, against Judah, and the other nations. He wrote them down. He was kind of the, he was kind of Jeremiah's secretary. I put it that way. He was kind of the, his spokesperson. God gave the words to Jeremiah. And, and here, Barak, he, he wrote the words down. And he read them. Jeremiah sent him to go and to read the scrolls to the people in the Lord's house with the hope that the people would repent and turn from their evil ways. God was expecting them. 
I believe God sent that word. He, wouldn't, he sent that word for them, expecting them to turn back like Josiah, expecting them to repent. He sends that, sends that word for us. God expects us to heed and obey the word of God. When we open, when we open the scriptures, we just soon discover they call not only to read the word, but we must obey the word. It's something else to, to just read it. But we must obey it. We must apply it to our life. This is seen in the first section of the Old Testament, referred to as the law, and in the last book of the New Testament in Revelations. It is also, of course, emphasized throughout the whole Bible. This word is, is throughout the whole Bible is, 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 is referred to as we need to read it and obey it. Obey the laws, obey the, the things. You know, in the Old Testament, if you didn't do some of the laws, if you didn't obey the law, sometimes it would you suffered the consequences. And so same as today. Notice, for instance, the correction, the connection between loving God and keeping his commandments. In Deuteronomy 7 and verse 9 says, Now knowing that the Lord thy God is He is God the faithful God which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Skip down to verse 11. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I have commanded thee this day to do them. Some of the first words of Revelation declare the necessity not only of reading but hearing but also of obeying the written word. It says, Revelations 1 and 3, it says, Blessed is he that readeth. And we're blessed by reading this word. We're blessed by just, just, just like as I said, it's in our Bible reading program. We're blessed by reading it. God honors that. We're blessed. But and the Bible goes on to say in the scripture, it says, And they that hear the words of this prophecy... And then he says, and he keeps those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So, so it goes a little past, and I've been kind of beating this horse here, but it goes past just reading it and hearing it. We must do those things. It, as, it, as it is to reemphasize the importance of obedience, a thread reminds us to continue throughout the whole entire Bible. When we go through it, we must obey the word of God. Jehuda read the scrolls to Jehoiakim. As he read to the king and his princes, a fire burned in the hearth in the room which or in the fireplace. Put it in our terms, that fireplace. The fireplace was burning in the room. As he read, as he read, as he read, read down three or four columns from the scrolls and the king would take out his knife, cut off the columns that had been read and throw them into the fire. He did this until the entire scroll was destroyed. And today I was, when I read this, you know, sometimes you say, well, why didn't you just wait to the end and throw the whole thing in the fire? I think he was hoping there was something in there that he would agree with. I think he was just I think he said, well, I just, I don't like that, so let's just go ahead and cut that out and throw it in the fire because I'm not going to do that. Maybe there's something in this next line here that I, the next page here that I'll, that I, that I may feel comfortable doing. Taking bits and pieces of it. He, he thought, well, maybe if I do part of the law, I'll be okay with God. 
And sometimes in life, that's where we find ourselves. We find ourselves just, well, I'll just do this. I'll be okay. But this over here, I I don't feel this is my conviction. or I don't feel this is wrong. That's when we get flesh in the way. Here I swear his flesh was got in the way and here he was, but he continued until he threw the whole thing in the fire. And he burned it all because you can't, you can't just take part of this. If you're gonna throw part of it away, you just wanna throw the whole thing away. Because one part, if you don't live to one part of what this word of God says, the rest of it ain't gonna matter. If you just throw out part of the doctrine, you throw out part of what, I don't believe this part of it, you just wanna throw the whole thing away because it all, it, it all is connected. It all matters. Every word matters. Just like Brother Toby said about the the license, every word matters. When you're reading through that, it may not say, well, how does this matter? How does this affect my life? But I can tell you, every word of the God, it matters in my relationship with God. It goes forth. We can't just take bits and pieces. We gotta take it all. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. In contrast with this, who had reacted to the fear before the first people that they read the scripture to, they acted in fear and earlier of reading of the scrolls. But the scripture says, but neither the king nor his princes responded to the reading. Here they read this to the the congregation. I'm just gonna put it in our terms. They read it first to the congregation or to the people. And some of them felt, Okay, hey, I mean to turn to God. But when he read it to the leadership, the one that they looked up to for leadership, they didn't inherit to it. So not just the king, not just the princes, but everyone suffered because they allowed him to influence them. There were three, or they, the, the scripture says there were three, in the study, there were three men in the room that begged the king begged the king not to burn the script don't burn the word here he was so this king didn't just do it because he felt wrong he had he had some voices in his life that was saying hey hey don't do this and sometimes you know we we need to listen to these voices sometimes you know hey you need to you need to go this way but he allowed the negative voices he allowed the scribes in, his, in, the, in the room, the ones that, that was his yes men. He allowed his yes men to influence his decision or didn't allow the men of God, real true men of God. So today, we have to listen. Instead of commanding the capture, instead of he commanded the capture of Barak and, and Jeremiah, he told them to capture them, put here he wanted just to snuff out the whole thing. He already burnt the word of God. Now he wants to, to take care of the, the messengers. So sometimes, you know, the scripture, he, when they you know, get rid of what the, the, the Bible, then we go after who writ the, who, who, who's the one proclaiming this word. But, but just, like, just like this word of God has, has made it over 2,000 years and how men of God still stands behind pulpits every day is because all his efforts of snuffing out the speaking, the the writer of the word, all his efforts, God had his men of God in in his hands because the Lord hid them, the scripture says. The Lord was protecting them. He was protecting them. It doesn't matter what this king says. He was protecting them. We must never become unmoved 
by God's word. Here this king, is. he heard this word. He heard this, these, this instruction. He heard this, what he needed to do or what was going to happen because the script word says that. But he didn't, he, didn't, he was unmoved by that. We can't get to a place where God's word doesn't move us if the words are written or if the words are spoken. Today, and I'm, a, I'm guilty of this as many as any person in this room, I've came to church and I've listened to messages being preached over this pulpit and I've been unmoved. I've got up and walked out the back door. I, and I've said this for many years. It doesn't matter what service you come through, even the Wednesday night, first Wednesday nights, even the, 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 the words we have there, you know, it's not behind a pulpit or whatever, but that is a spoken word of God. That's anointed as it is anywhere else. And when we don't heed to that word, Anytime we hear the word, if we read the word of God or if we heard the word, hear the word spoken from a pulpit, we have one of two things we're going to do. We're going to obey it, a heed to it, or we're going to reject it. There's no other things. There's no other option. There's two options. You're going to heed to what he, the word of God comes forth or are you going to get up and walk out the door and say, I don't want none of that. Or are you going to throw it in the fire? There's two things that's going to happen. The longest con- Cohensive independent text in scripture is Psalms 119. It is, is in sense an ode to the word of God. Using a variety of sentiments, every verse in Psalms 119 but three speak in some way of the significance of God's word. Every word, the longest book in the Bible, the biggest, cha- biggest book in the Bible, chapter in the Bible, Every verse, every verse but three talks about the significance of God's word. This is a powerful testimony to the importance of ordering one's life by the word of God. Scripture is given not only for doctrine but also for reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness. It has been said that the time is coming when people will not tolerate sound doctrine. Can I tell you today, that day is here. That day is here. There's people today all around us that will not hear it. There's people all the day, all the way around us that are trying to snuff this word out. They don't want to hear this word. They don't want to apply this word. Some people want to control what they hear from God. They want just they want to have selective hearing. Sometimes my wife says I have selective hearing. I hear what I want to hear. And that's so many times in life, that's what we do as Christians. We want we hear what we want to hear. And that's so, so true. It didn't do, it, it didn't, it did not good, it was not good for Jehoiakim to burn the scrolls containing God's word. The word of the Lord cannot be destroyed. Today we leave here today. I hope nobody does this, but today we leave here and we're going down 349 and a state trooper stops us and he writes us a ticket for speeding but it doesn't matter today if someone was to rip that ticket up throw that ticket in the fire burn that ticket it wouldn't do it wouldn't change anything it wouldn't change that you broke the law it wouldn't change that you broke the law I've heard people say before I'm not going to sign it that don't matter you still broke the law he still wrote you a ticket 
And it's not going to change that you broke the law and it sure ain't going to change the penalty of the offense. And so today it doesn't matter if we hear this word of God or if we apply this word of God to our life or if we rip it up and throw it in the fire. It's still going to be, if we sin against this word of God, we're still going to be going against the law. We're still be breaking the law. If, if, and we're still going to have to suffer the, offense, the consequence of the offense. So today the word simply came to Jeremiah again, instructed him to take another scroll and write it right in everything that had been in the first scroll. And then this, this, these five words says, together with many additional words. Here, here the king didn't heed to the first. So, so God gave him the exact same words, but gave him some more. He, so I bet you the king didn't really like it because, okay, he didn't like what first he was said, but now he gave him some additional words. And I bet you these additional words wasn't good. This was talking about his destruction. Now we discover that Jehoiakim was burning, while he was burning the first scroll, he said, why have you written in it that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land and cause man and beast to cease from here? The answer to that question was that, that his reign was moving rapidly to an end. Well, he was, well, his answer to his question says, why was this scripture? It says, why, why did the scripture say that the Babylon's king was going to take over our, our kingdom? Because the answer to that was his, his reign was coming to an end. Jehoiakim would have no one to sit on the throne of David and his dead body shall be cast out into the heat of the day and the frost of the night. Here his destruction was gone. Further the Lord said, I will punish him, his family, his servants for their iniquity and I will bring on them, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and in the men of Judah, all the doom that I have pronounced against them. But they did not, they did not heed. Once again, Jeremiah's word rained loud. Jehoiakim is the example of those who wish to control what they hear from God. God's word is authoritative, even for those who refuse to read it or hear it. The word of God cuts across the grain of our humanistic philosophies. This word comes across the grain. It's not going to line up with our flesh. This word of God is not going to line up. We're not going to just find a place to fit in. It is offensive to those who oppose God's purpose for their life. It's not just going to be partly, you know, it's partly not just going to agree with it. It's going to be offensive. If it's offensive to you, if you find something in this word of God that's offensive, then, then, then you're in the wrong direction. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them what their itching ears wants to hear. As a consequence of turning from truth, we turn to fables. Society is saturated with secular influences at odds with the scripture. The abuse of social media and 24-hour news cycles and device of conspiracy theories all serve as a distraction of us from the inspired word. We must remember Jehoiakim. His rejection of God's word was disastrous for him. And it also will be us today. Still he claimed to be the Messiah. 
talking about Jesus as he identified himself as one with the Father. There cannot be no middle ground in accessing his identity. The word of God when he says, I am the Father. Just like that, it says either he was who he claimed to be or he wasn't. And today I just want to tell you, there's no middle ground. He is who he was. If he wasn't, there were only two, two things remained. He was mistaken or he was intentionally deceptive. We accept the full value of his testimony and proclaim that Jesus is the Lord and God. Because they profess to the word of God, we are left with, because the word of God professes to be the word of God, the Bible professes to be the word of God, we are left with only two choices. They're either, it's either the word of God or it's not. We can't, just, we can't just apply our own opinions to it. We accept the first option. The scriptures are what they claim to be. And we, are, we have a challenge to face. Since we believe the Holy Bible is the word of God, in closing today, we must read it and we must obey it. Otherwise, it is as if we're saying to God, I'm not interested in what you have for me to have to say. It is not important to me. Leave me alone. If I must, I will toss your words in the fire. If we don't want to follow Jehoiakim's example. Today is, today I just want to close as we stand. Today for me, I'm going to heed to and obey God's word. Because I don't want to follow the example of this evil king. I want to follow men like Timothy that said, I, 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 my ministry is from this word of God. I want the disciples, when they, they were willing to give their life for this word of God. And today, we must heed and obey this word of God. Today, let us pray, Lord Jesus. I ask you to touch us and anoint us today. Lord, I ask you, Lord Jesus, allow us not to, to, to turn our lives, Lord Jesus. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to turn our lives completely to you. Lord, I ask you right now to minister to each one of us here today. Lord Jesus, allow this word to change us. Lord Jesus, this word, Lord Jesus, to destruct us and guide us in our life, Lord. Lord Jesus, allow it to move us towards you, Lord Jesus. And allow, Lord Jesus, don't allow the negative influences in our life to influence us, Lord Jesus, to throw away your word. Lord, I ask you to touch us and anoint us, Lord Jesus, in the importance of the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.